0: Ride.
1: Welcome to Turning Hard Times Into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor.
2: Welcome back to the second hour of Turning Hard Times Into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and we've got Peter Grandich uh, with us today. Uh we're going to be right back with Peter, but let me just uh, thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. The sponsors for the second hour of today's show, American Bonanza, Helio Resources, Marathon Gold, Metal Bay Gold, Metanor Resources, Merix Gold, Brazil Resources, American Bonanza, and Paramount Gold and Silver. Well, Peter, uh, when we took the break, when we left for the break, uh, I mentioned the making of... Trinity Financials, Chapter 6 in your book, and I know, I recall when you formed that company, it was sort of a step, I think, uh, in the direction of merging your emerging faith with your work, with, with the financial realm. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the making of Trinity Financial and, and how that evolved from your personal involvement.
3: Sure. In the mid to late 90s, I lived that life of horses and race cars and that lifestyle of trading. And then in our industry, which I still focused on, we had the BREAC story. wasn't involved with it. wasn't partaking in it. But that uh, impacted the junior market. Big time, played goals, started to decline. And I found myself towards the end of the last decade, uh, I suffered the first of three really almost debilitating panic attacks. Anxiety became so acute. And it led to the first of two very serious bouts of depression. When the New Millennium started, uh, a, a, a uh, newspaper in the New York, New Jersey area did a story, I'll never forget the title of it, Wall Street Whiz Kid Turns to Fizz. And hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the gist of it was, you know, where my life was up to now, kind of like what we just spoke about. And uh, I got contacted by lots of people, and one particular person, a man named Frank Congelosi, reached out to me and, uh, you know, suggested that uh, perhaps working with him could be suitable and he would begin to show me that just about everything I had learned up to then, including how Wall Street works and how financial planning really doesn't work, he kind of blew it up. And uh, it was first hard to take, but eventually I would go to work for him. So when the new millennium started, I literally stopped working in the junior resource market for almost three years. In fact, there was a period of time where I didn't even know what the daily price of gold was. And when, what,
2: what, excuse me, Peter, what year would have this been more or less? This
3: would be just really in 2000, just after 2000 started, when the new millennium started. Yeah. And okay. uh, I went to work for Frank and I decided at that point in time, because during that first bout of depression, a man that played a big role ends up writing the forward in my book, a man named Bill Wagner, who had his own. Uh, falling, was once a very big businessman and had many crises, actually became, and this sounds like an oxymoron to some, but uh, he became a Catholic evangelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when people hear the word Catholic and evangelizing, you don't hear that in the same sentence. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, And he would become a big, uh, truly a saint and an angel in my life, and he would help guide me through my depression and be a, a, a really a supporting block that to this date I wonder if I didn't have where I would be But nevertheless, it would start me to move towards to find out more about my faith. I would get half-serious, not full-serious yet, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. half-serious about my faith. Mm -hmm. And in that, I got involved with a a, a denominational uh, national faith group called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm -hmm. There, uh, I would meet uh, a a man who played on the first two New York Giants Super Bowl teams named Lee Roussan. And he would turn to me and say, literally, uh, God has called me to meet you, and as a diehard Jet fan, I said, it's impossible because I used to, <laughs> to drop the ball and die. So, uh, But uh, nevertheless, we both conclude and believe that we're called to do what his vision was, and that was form a Christian-based financial firm that would specialize in dealing with athletes. Hmm. And uh, with Frank Congelosi's blessing, but unfortunately, the firm he worked under uh, wouldn't allow us to tie our faith and money together, so I had mm-hmm. to go out on my own, and I formed uh, an organization called Trinity Financial Sports and Entertainment Management. And only uh, because in March of 2003, gold had just ticked above $300, mm-hmm. And an old friend, uh, Dave Patterson, who still works in the junior resource business, called me up and said, listen, PDAC is happening in March, I need a speaker for a big dinner and I said, You know, Dave, I haven't been involved in our business for almost three years. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the current gold price is. You no, know, you just <laughs> come up and be Peter Granage, come to Toronto to short Flight, haven't seen you, you know, speak and so I went up and I walked on the floor and I saw our old friends and ran into the Hunt and Dickinson group and others, and they said, hey, you're coming back. You know, look, imagine this. This is what we were saying. It looks like gold's going to get above 300 and stay again. You know, maybe we'll make money again, you know. And uh, so I went back. I saw an attorney, and I said, listen, is there a way for me to go back and write my newsletter and be a consultant to these companies and separately run the other business? I Mm -hmm. don't want to give up the other business. I felt now that God has led me to that and all, but if I can go back to do this, you know, and and do both. And Mm -hmm. Through appropriate disclosures and stuff, yes, it was. So back in March of 2003, I came back into our business. I started publishing the Grands letter again, working as a compensated consultant to companies, while at the same time moving forward uh, uh, with Trinity. And there, uh, my life would really uh, be seen witnessing of God because, you know, I started to, get involved with professional athletes now I never even came close and anybody knows me or looks at me knows I was never even remotely close to being a professional athlete but like most males I had some fondness towards it and I would start to meet guys that you know you saw on TV and so forth and and but my father and I and my father had passed away in 1988 had one man who on Sundays my father would only talk about as jet fans and and uh, rave about and speak about and always thought he was like a godlike figure to us. And that was a man named Joe Klecko, who uh, mm-hmm. really was the best defensive player the Jets ever had. And to my argument, still to this day, prejudice and all, the best player they ever had. So, anyway, mm-hmm. I would meet him. I would meet him through the priest that helped Mary, and I subsequently became friends with Father Williams. And uh, that would just, it would kind of, in a sense, turn my life around because we would come best of friends. I've my wife and child to this day will tell you they still think I would leave them for him because I <laughs> spent so much time with him. But our family and friends came together and also Trinity, uh, uh, started and coincided with Granage Publications coming back. And as you know, if you did get back in the medals in 2002 and 3 and 4 and stay focused, uh, we saw a great bull market that continues today. So blessings were, came, finances were, made whole and more than ever before and uh... you know it, it, it things kinda uh... seemed you know almost like a a story tale story until two thousand and eight and then in mm-hmm. two thousand eight my life would take a you know a major change for the worst
2: well, uh, 2008, I know in chapter, uh, one of the chapters you talk about, it's, uh, I think chapter 8 is titled Drowning Again. Was that before 2008, Peter? No,
3: that's, that's where the drowning started. That's where the like, drowning started. I, I can, I can go and just go into that because to me, this is the most important aspect of the story. It's the toughest to tell and it's the hardest for some people to believe, but it mm-hmm. is, I think, the, the, the bulk and the necessity that needed to take place to bring me to speak to you today and what mm-hmm. the place was. Shortly after, first of all, I would get very involved with the New York Giants, ironically as a Jet fan, because I would become very good friends with its chaplain, and I would start to do Bible study and chapel services with the Giants almost on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So by 2008, I had become a Giant fan as well as a Jet fan, which is very difficult for a lot of people to do, <laughs> but I did. And ironically, I would watch the Giants win the Super Bowl in Joe Klecko's house, which I thought was kind of a real irony. <laughs> but right after that, I would, uh, I would become physically ill and found myself two weeks later unable to sleep. And in a matter of a few weeks, all full of anxiety again, hadn't had it for years, followed by uh, a, a real fast fall in depression. Probably only took two to three weeks tops before... I was clinically depressed again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what was really hard for both me and people who cared about me and loved me, there was no known reason for it. You know, a lot of times depression can be found due to some unfortunateness that's happened to the person, financial mm-hmm. loss,
2: yeah. uh, love loss there. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, job pressures, health issues. Mm-hmm. None of those things were happening, but this depression would be so severe and so acute uh, that it, it would cause not only hospitalization, but it would cause me, in a sense, to think I want to take my own life. That's how depression mm-hmm. is. And I want to interject something here because I know, based on statistics and history, and because I openly speak about this, at least two or three out of ten people listening to this interview right now will either know firsthand what I'm speaking about it because they went through it or are going through it, or have someone they love or care for going through it at this point mm-hmm. in time. That's how mm-hmm. universal it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The most difficult thing about depression is, and and hard for all the people that are involved with it, the people that care about the person and, of course, the person themselves, it's not an illness where you can physically see. Because You can see somebody's ailment if they broke their arm, it's hanging, they've hurt their head, it's bandaged, or a disease that you can point to an X-ray or something and show, see, there it is. It's a disease in the mind and it's Mm -hmm. almost always driven by chemicals becoming uh, imbalanced and causing irrationality and uh, feelings of loss and all other things about hopelessness and all. Mm -hmm. But it's also, and and this is where it goes from secular to spiritual, and and I, Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough for allowing me to do this because on most financial shows you can't get to this point. They don't leave time for it, but this is where it comes Depression is also perhaps one of the best tools that the enemy, uh, for those that believe in an enemy and a devil, get to use. Because the feeling of loss and all and hopelessness is really the the hope that the devil has that you would have because you then will turn on your loving God and believe it's all his fault. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, why does God do this? Why does God do this? And And the separation... Of from God is the only thing the devil has going for you. Because look, if as Christians we believe in revelation, we believe in the story of revelation, we believe it's going to untold. We already know the answer. The answer was already won on the cross, etc., etc., etc. So if we know it, then the devil should know it. But the, what the devil doesn't know is how many get to go with him, you know, and then that's what he works on every second, okay? And the best way to get that separation is to divorce people from the belief. And, and to turn against God, you know, and, and believe that God is at fault. And hopelessness. When hopelessness. Hopelessness. So, and when, so you're in, we, that, you know. when you're in that darkness and you're in that de- depressed-like state, first of all, there's a couple important physical aspects that anyone listening understands it. It becomes physically impossible to think. Your head truly hurts point where you can't think now if it's not happened to you you just can't appreciate that but those who have happened you're probably shaking their head going I know exactly what this guy is Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. that's the case and so when you can't think you do irrational so one of the things I always encourage people to because it happened with me is you have to seek medical help because thankfully one of the gifts God gives to solve this situation is is medical support and both Mm -hmm. therapy. And actual drugs are needed Mm -hmm. because, like in my case, the first two drugs that were given to me did not have an impact, but uh, the third one just almost turned it around overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, And for me, that happened. And so in early 2008, it was bad, but by September 2008, I came out of it. And it really was, to me, the final washout. It really allowed me... To really remove all the shackles and things that I would still seek, because one of the things that happens, it's you know, it's very easy to be a good time Christian. I mean, yeah. When You know, when you got a decent living and you know, and uh, things are pretty good, your health is okay, and your family's okay, and you understand and appreciate the Lord's story, and you get behind it, it's 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 good, and it and it feels good but then when you know when when things aren't that good or things turn bad and people disappoint you and of course you will eventually disappoint people as well sure. you know it's not so easy and and as part of it, you know I also speak in the book that I'm not a believer in this Christian prosperity stuff where mm-hmm. just keep giving money to mega churches and God will you know send down blessings and all yeah. that type of stuff either yeah. but mm-hmm. one of the things is and, and that's where the test comes and you know how I've made it very simple to understand I, I would hope and and you have to have children to understand this mm-hmm. when did we really turn around and listen to our parents and when did the children that we had truly listen to us when things went bad not when things were great but when things went bad and mm-hmm. come to us And and that really unfortunately many times when we go as Christians, to the Lord. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I God, for, for a good part of my life, was a 911 God. You know, mm-hmm. Dial him up, I got this problem, he come in, and give me the blessing, so I was good, talk to you later, see you, you know, I'll, I'll do some things, I'll write some checks, thank you, and then, until the next, you know, problem came along, and then, it came to the point where, and, and, and it, it's hard, if you haven't done this yet, but I finally did it, and I've only done it, in the last three years, Jay, for, for Trent, and that is, I made him first. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, that that is the difficult one, Peter, especially in an age uh, where we are now, when materialism and and godlessness seems to be the the, the norm for the day. But I, I was just struck by the fact that you came out of your depression at a time when the financial markets were going into one. That is September of two thousand eight, after the Lehman Brothers collapse and uh stock markets uh, plunged uh, and you know uh, values of everything basically plunged. So I, th- I find well,
3: interesting bit... about that is that I would go and in the I think I'm trying to remember it was September or October, I don't remember exactly, I would write uh, a, a report which you were kind enough to feature as fact I remember called Man Your Battle Stations and only <laughs> for the third time ever, both when I was an advisor and as a newsletter riser that I only suggest people sell everything, but to actually short the market. Mm-hmm. And part of that was probably the depression, because mm-hmm. the depression was already enhancing the negative view I had on what was happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And by and large, that would turn out to be within, like, two or three days from the ultimate high of the Dow. And then in March of 2009, when the really, you know, now I'm really moving forward, I think, for the first time in my life, really trying to walk the walk in earnest, mm-hmm. I... A day from the bottom, I suggested, okay, the market's going to rally again. And, and, and I say that I suggested it, but I don't think it was me that made, that came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, embraced a lot of people. It helped a lot of people. And then sure. what happened is, you know, me, I got, you know, I'm always involved in some charitable endeavors. I got readers now that, you know, support it in a big and powerful way. And I, and I think all these things, two things that I don't believe believe exists anymore that once in my life i don't believe in coincidence and i don't believe in luck okay I, those are random things and, I, and I, i'm just a believer that there's divine intervention i don't believe everything is set in motion and that there's nothing we can do you know i still think we make choices and god allows us to do that but i think all these things happen jay for a purpose be a voice and a purpose mm-hmm. and be one of those voices see i think your voice I think people like David Walker a voice. I think Ron Paul's a voice. I think people mm-hmm. have been given, as bad as it is, uh, voices because this whole thing centers, and you said it earlier. I, I believe if, if we have time to talk about whatever happened to markets, you-, you can't go on CNBC and say this because they won't have you back again. Mm-hmm. But it is the truth. So if they ever had me back again, which I don't really want to be on, but if they did, I would say this and then never be invited again. But the whole problem, the whole debt situation, the whole political situation, the whole situation is because we moved away from God,
0: mm-hmm. taking
3: God out of the equation of our life compared to our parents and grandparents and half mm-hmm. And that's why I think things are acutely wrong and getting worse and not better. And, yeah. and, and, and you can talk about all issues, and if we, if we create a gold standard, and if we do this and we do that and all, and those are all good secular fundamental things, but in my heart of hearts, And my daughter's life was on the line. I would tell you, unless we move back to God and truly repent, the situations are only going to get worse and not get better.
2: Well, Peter, I think uh, it's interesting, that comment, because I've had uh, Robert Prechter on this show in the past, and uh, I asked him, what would have happened if Nixon never took us off the gold standard in 1971? And he said, but Nixon had no choice. And I think what you're saying here is... um, you know, it's not the gold standard that will save us. It's, uh, you know, it's because we, as human beings, want to think we can have something for nothing. We want to think that we can, you know, that we can have our cake and eat it too, that we don't have to really obey the laws of God. And, you know, we've seen, obviously, um, you know, basically Christianity tossed out of our culture. It's happened even earlier in, in Europe. and. And, and, uh, you know, I got interested in gold because there was a, <clears throat> because uh, Professor Yoder at uh, Heston College, where I was going at the time, was convinced there was a correlation between the debasement of currency and, uh, and, uh, and work ethic and morality. And I think there's a correlation, but not a causal, uh, effect. I think that what happens, uh, is that you know, mankind is what he is, and he goes through these cycles. You talk about your personal cycles in life, your your downs and how that brings you uh and causes you to search for God. And I think maybe in a bigger context that societies go through this as well and, and that America is probably, you know, the the things we're suffering from, uh, you know, is is a result. The debt problem allow because we want to believe we don't want to believe in the laws uh, that have been created for us by God. Let,
3: let me tell you this, Jay. You bring up an extremely good point, and this may be the, 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 the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as I'm concerned that supports my argument. There's no question now when you look around the wor- world, people point to a four-letter word that describes a lot of the problems for people, and that's debt. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we talk about that all the time now You know, in, in our business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that book that I spoke about, whether you want to believe it's the Word of God or whatever, there's one subject that he has nothing or author or authors positive to say about, and that's debt. In fact, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of writings that tell you that what the problems of debt are going to lead to, and in fact, the problems we have today, which is another uniqueness and reason that why if you don't read it, to read it just as a financial book, let alone anything else because Mm -hmm. the author was smart enough to realize that those things would happen. And to me, my poster child here in America that acutely describes our problem, and this is no disrespect to the industry itself, but I use it as a platform to point to and say, this is really America's problem, is public storage. You see, Mm -hmm. your parents and our parents never needed public storage. There wasn't public warehouses because they didn't have too much stuff. America has too much stuff. People say to me, well, when do you know the problem be over? I say when they're closing public storage facilities instead of opening them. Because anybody that lives anywhere in America, outside of the the, the desert or up in a big mountain, only sees more and more public storage facilities being built. Why? Mm -hmm. If we have all this debt, if we've been living beyond our means, why do we continue to have to pay people to keep our stuff outside of our homes or where
2: we live? Because we
3: have too much stuff. And that That is all part of what you talked about, getting off the gold standard, allowing governments to spend money and create money out of thin air for more and more stuff that we don't need.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, certainly, and John Perkins, who's been on this show, has talked about uh, his his book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman, talks about how the United States... Uh, set out to indebt foreign countries so that we could own them essentially and they'd have to sell their raw materials to us and then he points out, and he was on my show just a couple of weeks ago talking about how the same policies have been implemented in America get Americans into debt and you own them and basically we are becoming indentured servants, we're moving back into sort of a sort of a, um, a situation like we were with, you know, before a republic was was created in 1776, moving back into in uh, a status of indentured indentured service and certainly as you mentioned the bible has much to say about debt and, and not being indebted to people and not uh, uh, you know not and not charging uh, people either and when you loan money to them and so forth but in any event in any event uh, in chapter 13 though peter you, you talk about retirement and you and i are neither of us are spring chickens but i think you're more of a spring chicken than i am probably but in any event we are facing that point in time in our lives when we start to think about retirement. But you have some criticism about this notion of retirement, or maybe not retirement, but more to do with entitlements. Talk to us about that.
3: Well, yeah. This, if I don't get not invited to financial industries Christmas parties, this will clearly rip up my invitation. I write in the book about retirement being a myth it's a man made first of all creation there's nothing scripture about retirement there's nothing in that effectively says listen kill yourself for 75% of your life so you gather up assets that you can live off for your remaining 25% of your life of those assets while you wait to go to heaven i mean if you want to talk about something that's truly unchristian that is unchristian but that's really what retirement was created it was only created less than 200 years ago it was a political ploy, as I explain in the book. It was, uh, it, it's something now that has driven Americans and, of course, greatly supports the financial industry uh, to you know, craziness and, and not only trying to keep up with the Joneses but make more than the Joneses so your last part of your life can live. But also what became acutely bad is the entitlement issue. And no group, and, and maybe I'll close on this because I think this is probably the most critical if you look at America, 80% or plus of the wealth is held by people 55 years and older. Hmm. If you look at what happened to that age group in the last 10 years, it's really a nightmare scenario. First of all, the average uh, retiree or close to retiree person up to about 10 years ago really was was told they were assured of some few things. One, take your money, put it in safe, secure income-producing insurance, mostly CDs and what have you, and you live off of that, and people mm-hmm. did that. But we all know, and you've discussed probably a million times in your show why interest rates were driven so low, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But those people lost that opportunity, and they were driven into other areas that were more risky to try to make up for that, and they lost principal doing so. Then the two other things they were told is, hey, stock market over time always goes up, and your home always goes up. Well, guess what? stock market hasn't gone up for a while. There's a great question whether it's going to be able to continue going up for a while. And home prices have gone way down. And I don't think they're going up big time anytime soon. But the last baskin those people had, and perhaps their biggest entitlement, and probably the most thing that they worry about, is growing old and not being able to take care of oneself, particularly medically. Mm-hmm. So they had a great program, Medicare. My mother's abused it. I mean, my mother was just hospitalized yesterday for for a day, had a CAT scan, all this stuff. and. She pays next to nothing for that. Well, that's going to change soon, and that isn't mm-hmm. going to be the same. So the group that has the most political power, controls most of the money that's left, has lost most of the positive things that they had and soon will lose the last positive thing. So if you think we've already had political upheaval and people upset and, and, and occupancy and tea parties, just wait till the 55 and over community gets going and really kicks in and realize how bad things are for them right now and see how things get that's the last leg of what i believe is going to lead to a europe-like situation right here in america only odds is going to be worse because we kick the can further down the road and we can't even come close to making the problem acute as it's becoming europe right now
2: mm-hmm. well you uh you mentioned in chapter 14 it might be a good time just to sort of wind up our discussion today but your outlook then uh, for the future, you suggest that american's America's political system is broken, looking at the uh, sort of almost comical if it weren't so sad and important uh, discussions that the candidates for president and the Republican party have uh, you know you you're saying it's obviously the system is obviously broken i mean i I think even even the policymakers are almost ready to admit that. Uh, but where do we go from here, Peter? I think you talked about retirement now, and, and we're going to have to get used to having a lot less. I think it's going to be very important for us to to love each other and take care of each other. That may be a good thing that comes out of the, the difficulties ahead, but, but where do you see the market going, the equity market, uh, gold and some of these things maybe, because uh, we do need to be practical about our lives. We do need to try to order them in a way that will help us take care of ourselves as much as we can, because certainly, as you point out, Social Security, uh, Medicare, those kind of things are not going to be adequate.
3: Well, when we're gonna, less is going to be more. We're going to need to step back and live life more like our parents and grandparents did. But in terms of investments, I, you know, I've coined it. It's the mother of all global markets. Gold has every conceivable positive thing still fully in effect. What used to keep it negative, central bank sales and, and, and mining companies hedging, is gone. It's, it's not coming back anywhere close like it used to be. Uh, creations of vehicles now that allow institutional money to get into gold uh, has uh, fueled and, and tilted the supply-demand scenario way over to the demand side, and creation of money. This latest move in Europe, while temporarily, again, gave people some peace of mind and, and, and calm financial markets for the time frame, was effectively the beginning of easing quantitative easing for Europe. And all this creation of money, uh, paper money, is what's driving gold higher and higher. And you know me. I'm I'm not a gold bug. I I have friends that are gold bugs. I've not always been bullish. I've been out of it. I've Mm -hmm. been negative on it. But never have all the the circumstances uh, come together to make what I call the mother of gold bull market. It rains fully intact. So I still see that going up. I question the ability of the equity markets to do well. Meaning, you know, to, to give above average returns. They may not come down as much as some people think, but I don't think they're, especially in North America, I think you need to, if you're going to be investing in companies, you need to be investing in companies whose primary businesses are outside of the United States, who are, who are building products and services in areas of the world that are growing, particularly Asia and so forth and so on. I think the worst bet anybody can make right now, it's a disaster. In my opinion, I can't say this for anybody else, but just for myself. If I bought a U.S. bond right now, a 10- or 30-year bond that only gives me a 2 or 3% interest rate, 10 or 30 years from now, whenever the term of that bond is over, I will have lost money because inflation will have been higher than that interest rate, and I will have lost purchasing power. So I think even worse than the stock market would be locking money away for 10 or 30 years in some type of bond instrument. But in the end despite everything we said, including that the system is broken, and we're asking the people that broke it to fix it, which can't work. Mm -hmm. In the end, the only true, true answer ever for this will be a return to what made this country once great. And the, 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 the fabric that intertwined, and it didn't matter really what fate you was, but a believer in the Creator and giving the Creator as our founders of our country gave it the right place as the true king in our lives. If we don't return back to that, then there really is no long-term hope. I'm sorry. I wish I could say something better. I know people that are not Christian or spiritually moved don't want to hear that and say it's all hogwash and stuff. But I truly believe that. And even if those people believing were believing something that really wasn't true, it's still a better way to live. You know, I I want to leave that with you, Jay. And it wasn't me that originally said that. It was my friend Bill Wagner. Someone want to ask him, well, Bill what if all this Krishna stuff you believe isn 't true? Mm-hmm. you feel you wasted your life, and his answer was my answer now. it was mm-hmm. still a better way to live
2: mm-hmm. well you don 't have to be a believer, Peter, to see that the Ten Commandments will b- work well for society and if you uh, and if you engage and violate those ten Commandments, for example, stealing, which is what I think fiat money is all about it 's about reallocating wealth from those that produce it, the miners the manufacturers, the inventors the farmers. The doctors, people that that provide valuable goods and services to us, are not getting their fair share. Wall Street and government is siphoning it off uh, parasitically, I believe. Well, certainly, I mean, that's just one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Uh, We would go back to that, and I think that gets back to this notion of, you know, not that a gold standard really makes people good, but it does provide some discipline, and uh, we all need discipline uh but in any event uh, I I hear what you're saying Peter and I I think I do want to ask you though you you commented on equities in general I think uh we're seeing gold mining shares the senior mining companies surge the profits surge not the shares in fact the pre, the pe multiples have been compressed during this period of time but we're seeing the senior gold sh- companies uh, develop huge profits. I mean, just growing like, like mad uh, because the real price of gold, what an ounce of gold will buy, has has risen very dramatically over the last, since Lehman Brothers, actually. And so do you see, uh, what What do you think about gold
3: shares? Well, you know, my my almost entire portfolio is related to them, so I, I'm prejudiced, but I could encourage you more and more undervalued. Now, look, Jay, you and I have been in this a long time. Imagine if in 2001 or 1991 we saw the future and somebody said hey Pete and Jay gold 1750 silver is 34 dollars and coppers three dollars you owned a bunch of mining stocks you guys think you were rich filthy rich are you kidding me yeah yeah the shares have not come close to representing <clears throat> the true increases we've seen so only one of three things is going to happen Jay only one mm-hmm. of three things the sh- mm-hmm. metal prices are going to come down the shares are going to catch up or they're going to meet somewhere in between. And in two out of three of those scenarios, it will benefit if we own the shares right now. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm gambling. The word speculation was created by Wall Street, so they don't have to say the word gambling. Yeah. <laughs> but gambling and speculating is the same thing. And I'm gambling that the two out of three is going to be my scenario. I, Given where the metal prices are now, never and everything that we even haven't even talked about yet, the mining shares and particularly the majors, are more attractive now than any other time I've mm-hmm. been in the business. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you go down the food chain, there's more risk in the expiration and stuff, but a mixture of them all, including the majors right now, it's very hard for me to see it losing because that's why, in my own personal portfolio, I have so much exposure to them. Mm-hmm. Should everybody have that exposure? No. I don't think everybody should have it, but I think if we're going to take risk-slash-gamble, Right now, the mining and exploration group, I, I can't find anything else that offers more appeal. If I did, I would let it be known, but at this point in time, I can't.
2: Well, for reasons that we've talked about on this show with uh, the likes of Bob Hoy and, and many other guests, uh, I'm in agreement with you, Peter. It seems to me that's the place to be. That said, however... Um, you know governments can can take away and when things become dis- desperate uh... financially in america as they are on the verge of becoming uh... it's hard to say and we can't really predict the future can we peter so that is why i think faith is is very important we need to uh... to think about the eternal and and if you believe there is an eternal that life doesn't end here then you might want to give a lot of thought to what peter has had to say today uh, and Peter, do have to ask you though, how can our listeners uh, avail themselves to your book?
3: The book is available in North America through Amazon.com and Amazon.ca in, in Canada. It's very easy to be ordered offline. There is a website if you want to learn more about the book. It's the name, Confessions of a Wall Street Whiz Kid, just as it sounds. Confessionsofawallstreetwhizkid.com. And,
2: and Peter, also, is there a way that people can? Uh, you have a blog as well. Where can? Yes, what is right. that blog?
3: It's my last name, Grandich. G R A N D I C H dot com. I talk about different markets. I talk about the companies that I work for. I also created a tracking list of companies that I don't work for but I favor. And I, and I am still somewhat of a market bug in the sense that I, I try to look at the markets and sometimes think of when it's a good time to buy it or sell it.
2: Well, you certainly do, Peter. And I know when I get a chance to drop in on your discussions at these various conferences where you speak, it's always a pleasure. Uh, to listen to your views because they have been well, they've been uncannily accurate in, in many times in the past. It's not to say you'll always be right, but certainly, and you know, it sort of helps to to know that you're now uh, speaking from a view that is that uh, a view that isn't just Peter Grandich's, but a view that comes from some guidance, I believe, from from the guy upstairs, as Ronald Reagan used to like to call God. Folks, that's all the time we have for now. But don't go away. I'll be right back uh, with some closing thoughts today and some of the things that Peter had to say, as well as some of the market, uh, uh, some of the things that are going on in the market. So don't go away, we'll be right back.
4: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network.
5: Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to an underlying problem. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theories to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to quadruple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit miningstocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters.
4: American Bonanza Gold's copperstone project located in Arizona is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable mid-tier gold producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American Bonanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity.
1: Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP gold project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navats Jap Goldmine. For updates, check out Helioresource.com.
4: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
0: Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be blind.
1: Taylor at gmail.com Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Um, I am your host, Jay Taylor. My partner, Roger Wiegand, is with me. Uh, Roger is the author of Trader Tracks, which uh, which you can get a low price trial sample or subscription, I should say, by calling Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426, or you can go to our website at miningstocks.com to uh to get a, a low price trial to see if uh what Roger has to say uh can be useful to you. Welcome, Roger. Good to be here, Jay. Good to have you, Roger. We want to talk about gold, which is getting hit hard again today. I'm looking at sixteen thirty five down thirty three dollars today. Uh and I know Dennis Gartman has declared a bear market. I'm not sure if he's calling it a secular bear market for gold, but at least he's calling it a bear market and he's saying he's getting out of all his gold positions. What are, what's, your, uh, what's your view on gold uh, for the end of the year and, let's say, going into the next year?
0: Well, I, you know, we're in a selling spot, obviously, but it has to do with uh, unsettlement problems in Europe. Um, I got word this morning some people are, are moving out of gold positions because they're getting margin calls and they've got to raise money for some other things that are selling off. Mm. Uh, we've got end-of-year tax selling on some shares as well. Uh, that happens, <clears throat> excuse me, every time this year. So I, I expected, Jay, that gold was going to hold up at around sixteen fifty today. It did not. The last price was sixteen We're down 2%. Uh, if we go down some more tomorrow, uh, and we very well could, it looks like we've done four down right now, five would be the next one, uh, we may touch sixteen oh seven tomorrow.
2: Mm-hmm. If,
0: in fact, that happens, I would guess that that would be the bottom.
2: Hmm. That would be a good buying opportunity then, good chance that would be a, a... You know, this is interesting, Roger, because when the margin clerk calls, you sell what you're able to sell, not necessarily what you want to sell. And that then, for those that might have some cash on the sidelines, provides a great buying opportunity. Um, what about the dollar? Uh, the dollar is stronger again today. I think you told me on the futures it was 80, almost 81 uh, on the index. I saw, you know, talking to some of the folks out at the... Uh, out in Phoenix last year, um, uh, one, one analyst in particular was looking at 71.38 as sort of the line in the, line in the sand. This gentleman is a deflationist, and he figures that if we went below that, he would have to start to look at the other side of the coin, namely inflation. But uh, we're seeing a stronger dollar here, which usually happens when the risk trade is back on, Roger. What do you see for the dollar?
0: Well, I think the dollar is firm for now, and it's going to stay firm and could go even a little bit higher surprising many, simply because the euro is so weak and is selling um, um, pretty strongly right now. The euro is down at uh, March index 130.47. Yesterday, some big traders in New York who watch the currency markets carefully and and trade heavily, they said that if the the euro would go under 131.46, we're going to take a tumble down even a lot further. Uh, We're one point under that right now today, which says to me that the next support is going to be 130 even and then probably 128 and a half. Below that, we've got 126 and a half. Uh, Something's got to happen here. Bernanke's supposed to make some kind of an announcement tomorrow at noon. I don't know what that could be, but we've been under the impression that they were going to have to get busy and help Europe somehow because Europe has got nothing left to talk about. Uh, Their next meeting is scheduled for March. Uh, The things they did last week proved to be uh, futile, and I think that Bernanke can do some things if he chooses to. I think he'd prefer to stay out of it, but I think he's in the corner right now, and I think the next thing they're going to have to talk about is QE3. Now, QE3 has been running quietly and steadily in process since last middle of last summer, right right back back in July when, when QE2 expired but they haven't been talking about it. They've had three USA weak bond auctions. One was so bad on a 10-year that they had to take back 80% of it. So he would rather not get into QE3 if he can avoid it, but I think he's going to have to.
2: Well, he may have to, but all he's going to do if he does that is create more problems longer term. I think you'd agree with that,
0: Roger. Absolutely. And then he's got no other choice.
2: You know, we need money. We need savings. We don't need money created out of thin air because money created out of thin air In a fiat currency system, in a liability monetary system like we have, unlike an asset-backed gold or silver system, whenever you create money, you create more debt. So that's that's all he's doing. It's debt on top of debt on top of debt. We've been doing it for decades, and we are in big, big trouble as a result of it. So the dollar is the least ugly girl at the dance, I guess is the way some people put it. We're seeing the dollar, though, rise relative to gold, although not today. The dollar is stronger against everything. And we'll have these periods of time when it's really good to have some cash on hand. But the dollar is inextricably linked to the bond market, Roger, the U.S. long bond market, for, for example. Uh, what do you think, uh, if, if Bernanke gets involved in a QE3, is it be, uh, might he be buying more of the long end of the bond of the U.S. Treasury? Or he might
0: be doing some things for China and some others who are trying to get out of these bonds to the extent that they would sell him longer stuff for shorter term. Mm. Uh, he would prefer they not do that, but uh, that would be a secondary, uh, lesser choice if, in fact, they want to just sell entirely. Yeah. Uh, selling entirely removes uh, some of the debt that he's trying to sell, and he would prefer they not do that. So, yeah. you know, some of it could get exchanged for term limits from 30s and 10s down to maybe 3s, 4s, and 5s or 2s mm-hmm. and 5s. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be difficult to determine that. Now, the dollar's up in the green now. The March index is 81, exactly 1% up. Mm -hmm. And the March uh, long bond, the 30-year, is at 142.30, and it did touch uh, 143. Now, recently, we were as high as 146, and we came backwards steadily when stocks looked like they were going to do better. And, in fact, they did, and then the bond went back to 140, but now we're going the other direction, back up to 142.3.
2: Yeah. Well, not everybody in the world is bearish on the do- on the uh, on the long bond as you are, Roger, and I'm not sure where I stand on this. We've had uh we're expecting to have uh, Gary Schilling on our show sometime in the near future. He's written a book called The Age of Deleveraging. Uh Robert Prechter certainly is not bearish on the dollar or the gold or or the long bond, I think. Uh, most people are. Uh, I can't make up my mind which way I'm going on it. Uh, I think ultimately it's a paper currency and paper the dollar will self-destruct or we'll have some sort of a uh some sort of a new monetary system put in place. Uh but it's it's certainly um, well these are very uncertain times and and what I'm more worried about anything Roger is is our liberties and some of the things I'm seeing on the political side of things really has me concerned. As Ron Paul has said in the past, if we have our liberty and we're free to operate in the markets, then we can regain our wealth. But if the government decides it wants to take our liberties and markets and freedoms away from us, then we're going to have a very difficult time going forward and a long ways into the future. I think you'd probably agree with that.
0: I absolutely agree with that, and that's my primary concern too. Markets are markets, and money and our money, money is money, and it can dry up and blow away. But as long as you're free, and you've got your health, and you can you can rebuild things, and you can start over and do a better job.
2: Yeah. Well, that's really what we'd all like to see is a continuation of the values that this country was found on and founded upon. Of course, unfortunately, there aren't too many political candidates out there that espouse the same thing. I think out of ignorance, Americans are really giving away a lot of what we've had and what we've enjoyed in the past. Roger, that's all the time we've got this week. Hope to have you back again, maybe next week, hopefully. Okay, sounds um, good. Jay. To get your Thank take you. on the markets, because... um Well, these are some very, very interesting and, I think, very important markets to keep an eye on. Thanks very much, Roger. Don't go away, folks. I'll be right back with some parting thoughts on today's show and also uh, talk about who uh, our next week's guest is going to be. Thank you. uh, I'll be right back.
4: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
6: Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in Gold and silver exploration.
4: American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the reality is that exploration for mineral deposits is risky business, though the rewards for shareholders can be enormous. At Millrock Resources, we don't believe in risking your investment on a treasure hunt. We believe in leveraging shareholder capital to generate projects and partnering with mining giants such as Kinross, Ballet, Inmet, and Tech to fund our exploration in the mining-friendly states of Alaska and Arizona. By utilizing this business model, Millrock Resources increases the potential of finding economic gold and copper deposits and maximizing shareholder wealth. For more information please visit us at www.MillRockResources.com or find us on the TSX Venture under MRO. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love derives. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard, it's
1: just a lovely ride. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Uh, we were just talking to Roger Wiegand, and I am very much concerned, uh, as we as is Roger and a lot of other people that appear in this show, about the loss of liberties in the United States that's taking place. In a, just want to make a quick comment on a bill that's making its way through the Senate reportedly that would allow the United States government or the United States military to take any citizen, including American citizens, off any street in the world, including American streets, hold them, detain them in prison without a lawyer indefinitely. And it's just unbelievable that this is happening in America. Uh, Senator Paul um, wanted to tack on an amendment that would uh... not allow that to happen to americans that would at least guarantee americans the right of due process but only two republicans and fifteen democrats are in favor so reportedly of, of uh, senator paul's amendment and so uh... even though president obama said he would uh, veto the bill it looks like it will be veto proof or that that the senate can overturn the veto so this is really a very frightening time yesterday getting on an airline uh... from Hong Kong, from Cathay Pacific, we were told that the American government does not want American citizens congregating near the washroom. So it's it's very much like a dictatorship, a totalitarian government. There's many other signs that America is now slipping down that slippery slope. I thought that we fought a war in World War II to overcome this kind of nonsense. Apparently not. And it seems to me that what we are doing, what we are being asked to do, is to protect the creature from Jekyll Island. It seems to me what's been going on with the bailouts of banks, that's what we're all being asked to do, to protect the rich and the powerful. And I think we better wake up, or pretty soon shows like this one won't be allowed to appear on the, ro- on the radio any longer in America. Anyway, those are some of my uh, thoughts. I'm very, 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 as you can tell, very disturbed about what's going on. I should say next week's guest I know Bill Lagner is going to be with us. He is a fund manager, a very successful fund manager, who definitely shares those same concerns. Then Bill has some ideas about where you can put your money, where you must put your money in order to protect it. And Bill also um, has some ideas about where people might go to try to protect themselves. Although if the United States government reserves the right to seize American citizens off of any street, any place in the world, who is safe? That's the big question in my mind. Well, in closing, I want to thank the staff at Voice America for making this show possible. I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank each of you for listening, making this the, uh, the number one show on the Voice America business channel. But thanks to Tacey Trump, my senior executive producer, Justin Jackman, my engineer, for making this show log- logistically possible. Till next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you.
1: Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Now the thing
0: about time is the
1: time isn't
6: real. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in Northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com.
5: Paramount Gold is located for success in Gold and Silver Exploration.